Hi, Mark Westcott here again with Tom McFay. G'day, Tom. G'day, Mark. How are you today? Fantastic. Look, the wool myth number three, um, which for me just sometimes can be so frustrating, obviously, for, for you as well, is when people say, look, I've, I've got a legal will, that's all I need, I'm done, I don't need to talk to you. Um, you and I both know that there's wills and there's wills. So let's have a conversation about this today. And I think the, the key point here is um, it's... it's uh, there's different types of wills. Some are very basic and, uh, you know, you may have got one off the back of a cornflakes packet or from the, the local GP lawyer down the road. Uh, but the key is having a will that's appropriate for your assets, your, your liabilities, your needs and wants and so on, and, and certainly your situation. So what are your thoughts in regard to this myth? Look, I absolutely agree, Mark, with your comment that... Um uh, that just because you've got a legal will doesn't mean that your estate plan is done or is appropriate, more importantly. And, look, you and I have been, been doing this type of work for a, a few years now and we've uh, reviewed clients' wills on a, on a no-obligation basis just to see what physically that my legal will says and we've very quickly realised and drawn to the client's attentions just that they are in Adequate. Tom, I'm just going to cut in here because, you know, obviously without mentioning names, I mean, we ran into someone the other day that's probably worth about 20 million, their estate's worth 20 million, and they thought they had everything covered and they had a great will and it protected everything for their children uh, and each other. And when they showed us their wills, they were two pages long and provided no, no asset protection. Um, it would have just been an absolute dogfight. The whole family would have fought tooth and nail um, had someone died and that will been brought into play. Yes, and that, that was a classic, wasn't it? And we, we uh, worked together and had a new will, well, new wills in place in about three days. <laughs> so, right. um, so the, yes, the, the types of wills uh, are, are multitudes of issues that they can address, uh, as you mentioned, asset protection, matrimonial, uh, divorces and so on for the kids that special needs special children. needs children uh, tax advantages of the types of wills uh, that we can do so just because you have a will doesn't mean that it's appropriate the the second part of this of course mark is that that wills aren't necessary well are not the only document that you need uh, and so if if you look at most people these days they'll have superannuation that's uh, an asset that's technically outside of your estate and uh, you need to consider whether you need documents like binding death benefit nominations and so on to make sure that your wishes are carried out. So they don't go through the will at all, do they? And same with family trusts. If someone has a family trust or a discretionary trust, um, same thing, that actually doesn't go through your will at all, does it? Correct, and it, with, particularly with family trusts, uh, it, it's handing over the control of the trust is what we're looking to do, rather than the assets in the trust. So uh, there, you need to review the documents that create the trust to make sure that we uh, ensure that the client's wishes uh, are carried out. Tom, speaking of insuring and insuring, uh, I know a very close friend of mine who uh, had a very large life insurance policy on in his life, and for four years after he divorced, uh, the ownership of that, the beneficiary of that policy was his ex-wife. Um, so <laughs> it's just a great example of there are all the things you need to check. But life insurance 
doesn't go through will necessarily either, does it? Correct. It, if I, it'll only go through if it's self-owned. And as you mentioned, their cross-owned life insurance is relatively common. Uh, and, and this leads us on to what you and I encourage clients to do is, is a due diligence process to investigate what the client has. Mm. Look, the due diligence you do is just a lifesaver, Tom, and I, I've um, seen it seen it used so many times and, and you just have this uncanny ability to be able to find stuff that no one would have even thought of and talk about being unaware of what people are unaware of. But they're the sorts of things, aren't they, whether, whether the um, succession of the appointors of trusts are, are correct, whether trustees are out of date, um, the the ownership of life insurance policies and so on, and whether there's a binding death nomination for superannuation. These are all key things that need to come out in something like a due diligence report. But but once again, just really proves the point that, um, that you know, just having a will is not enough. There's so much more than just a will. Absolutely agree, Mark. And I, I, I'm very impressed with your recollection of all the legal issues that, that we address in that due diligence. So, Obviously, well done. I've been hanging around you too long, Tom. That's what it is. But Great to catch up. Thanks, Mark. Same here, Tom. And uh, yes, the, the key to this and debunking will myth number three, uh, a will is not enough. You, you really need to, uh, to do more than that. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Mark.